Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include but are not limited to professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Your discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your host, Harrison Kerrig and Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we'll answer the age-old question, is it wrong for a husband and wife to sleep in different beds? Now, Tim, what Bible verse do you have for us about husbands and wives sleeping in the same bed? Yeah, I mean, Hebrews 13, 4 says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. The marriage bed. What What is the marriage bed? Tell, tell us about the marriage bed, Tim. What does that mean? <laughs> well, it's kind of a euphemism in this passage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, if you can stay away from the, you know, the particular birds and bees aspect of it, well, besides see, that, what is the marriage bed? Well, you see, Harrison, when, uh, <laughs> when a young man grows up... <laughs> When a Christian, when a Christian husband and a Christian wife love each other very much, they they have a marriage bed. <laughs> uh, uh, so so you know we're we're talking about um, we're talking about husbands and wives sleeping in the same bed together. You know this is something that I I have to admit, Tim. I don't personally think much about myself because in my mind it's just kind of a given. Um, that a husband and a wife would sleep in the same bed. I mean, <laughs> you know, that you think like just from my, from my own limited perspective, I've just, it, it's just like not even a conversation, you know, it, it's like you just, this is just so obvious that I, I just don't even know why anyone would think anything else beside, besides, Yes, a husband and wife should sleep in the same bed every single night. Now, I now where I do think I do think um, I think I think probably there are a lot of people who would think they're in the, the same spot that I I'm in. But then I, I I don't know if everyone's really thinking about all of the questions behind this question and all of the different scenarios that you might encounter. So you the re, you originally asked this on a poll on Twitter or X or whatever it's called, which by the way, if you're not following us on there, you need to go follow us on there because there's a lot, there's a lot of really good content. It, you know, if you ask me, 
uh, yeah, I'm showing my, my humility right here. Uh, there, there's a lot of really good content that we're putting out there that you're not going to see in the, in the podcast and polls and, you know, you get to discuss with us and whatnot. So you need to go follow us over there, but putting that aside now, Tim, you, you ran a poll on this and you were, you were saying, I, I didn't, I didn't see this one. Um, but you're saying there's a lot of interaction on this particular poll. And typically what that means is there's a lot of people who disagree, who disagree with each other on the top. So apparently this isn't as much of a given as, as I expected it to be basically. So, so what were some of the, you know, what were the, some, some of the conflicting, you know, um, stances, uh, on the, the people were giving on this particular poll. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I asked it in relationship to snoring because snoring, snoring is one of those, um, you know, common marriage problems. So in general, like this is just a common marriage counseling, marriage fight kind of scenario where the guy is snoring and the wife is sick of it. And <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's struggling with her bitterness and resentment uh, towards her husband because she's, you know, trying to sleep in the same bed with him, but then he's snoring and all that. And, you know, so in that kind of scenario, she may go sleep in another room or something because she's just so tired of dealing with it. And then this is causing problems within the marriage in particular. So I, I did, a, I did a poll on snoring. I said, should a wife sleep in the same bedroom with a husband who snores? What's the biblical case? So I did that. And, you know, 66% said, yes, they should. But then, you know, the other 33%, you know, 33.4% or whatever, were unwilling to say yes there. So, I mean, this isn't like, um, like the issue is it's most people have the impulse to say, yeah, they should obviously sleep in the same bed. They're married. Like what in the world, you know? But then, um, this is one of those topics where when people disagree, they really disagree. Right. So it's, it's, um, it, yeah, it's just definitely one of those things where if a person is going to take the opposite opinion from just kind of the normal standard, intuitive, obvious, uh, position that you just articulated they really are emotionally invested in it and and it's often you know it's one of those things where you know you throw a throw a rock in a pack of dogs the one who yelps is the one who got hit or whatever <laughs> uh-huh yeah <laughs> this is one of those where they just tell on themselves like when they when they get really bent out of shape about it it's like oh i guess you guys aren't sleeping in the same bed anymore are you so, so did anyone so did anyone give like a uh, did anyone give a biblical argument for why they don't have to sleep in the same bed well, I mean, it, it's one of those things where the standard kind of response to a question like this is just to say, hey, the Bible doesn't say anything about it. Don't be a legalist, you Pharisee. Well, hang, hang on. That's not true. There, it, you know, what about when Paul talks about, you know, separating for a time? <laughs> <laughs> see, see, I mean, come on, come on. You know, what people no want. One brought, no one at least brought that up. <laughs> no, no, no one brought that up. No one, but really, I mean, there wasn't any, I mean, I did the, I did several polls along these lines just to see, and I would ask, what's the biblical case? And people get mad at me for asking what's the biblical case. Cause I'm just wanting to hear how they're thinking through the issue. Right. Sure. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so then, you know, I'm getting people like really ticked off at me for even asking the question. It's like, you guys have jumped a shark. This is such a stupid question. And you know, there's no biblical case for this. And what, they, what they're doing in that moment is it, it's kind of embarrassing what they're doing. But it's like one of those scenarios where when people encounter an ethical question that they haven't thought through before, instead of just thinking through 
what the Bible says in trying to say, hey, are there any commands or principles that would be relevant to this scenario, which could give us some sort of guidance here, right? So instead of doing that, they they instantaneously retreat to like the kind of argumentation that a liberal will do, uh, mm-hmm. meaning you know they they go straight to um, you know the it, <laughs> the guy saying, hey, can you show me where in the Bible that it says with my you know iPhone you know twenty or whatever that I'm not allowed to look at uh, naked pictures of women who aren't my wife at work, right? Uh, <laughs> it, it is just like, I want to see that verse where it says exactly that, you know? And it's like, well, I don't think it's going to speak to that level of specificity, right? And then so, he goes, ha, gotcha. Got you. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about my type of phone, does it? You know? And it's just like, well, I think that there are principles that could be applied to this scenario, <laughs> That, nope, uh, there are there's none. None, no. <laughs> so I want to see the exact words, you know, um, you know, whatever it is, and and just very specific kind of thing. But it, but that that isn't really what the Bible is meant to do. So I mean, we're, you're meant to look at the Bible, and you're, you're meant to ask, ask, um, like, how do I glorify God in every single scenario? And when you're counseling a couple, like you have a couple come to you for marriage counseling, they're going to ask, like they're they're going to be fighting over this issue. Guys snoring. Wife doesn't want to sleep there. And guys, like, what in the world, you know, like, this is weird sleeping in different sides of the house, you know? I don't know what to make of this. And then they're going to be looking at you and say, hey, what does the Bible say we should do about this? And for the vast majority of people, the answer is, well, I guess just do whatever you want, right? It just reduces to pragmatism. And there's no, um, like, and that's what happens in these kind of polls where you're not getting, like, biblical reasons that are put forward to give you some sort of, uh, guardrails or a path to, th- or even a framework to think about what we're even talking about. So that's just kind of dismissed on the front end. And the whole project is just kind of, it is viewed with skepticism because you want some very specific um, verse that's going to follow a very specific formula. And it's like, well, I think whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, you should do all to the glory of God. And so you should be able to ask basic questions of the Bible. What would be most glorifying to God in this kind of scenario? And it, and yeah, sure. I, I think it's um, like what you're not really meant to do is think like, well, are you saying that if I'm, if my hospital is like in a coma in a vegetative state, you know, it, if my wife is in a coma in a vegetative state at the hospital, that I'm in sin for sleeping in my bedroom and not in her hospital bed or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not really, uh, uh, like, come on, like, that's, that's really not even the discussion you're talking about. You're just talking about, like, a normal question. And I think it's, it's just one of those sad things where um, the fact that you would even ask, like, you, you, the fact that you would even have to ask this question as if it's, like, a question shows that people... They really, like, it's just kind of depressing, you know, like, it's just a depressing thing. Like, just to, it reveals that the state of marriages in most homes are kind of strange in general, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like, it's very much about the individual, not about the entire family, you know, putting others before myself, right? (laughs) Right. So, I mean, like, if you think about this verse, I think there's a lot of verses that come to mind when I think about a topic like this. So you do this poll, right? I did this poll. Um, should a wife sleep in the same bedroom with a husband who snores? Was a biblical case? 66% said yes, right? Now, none of them really gave a good biblical case, except for maybe one, one, one or two people brought up the Hebrews 13 verse. 
but that's about it, you know? And then on the other side, it's like, Hey, it's legalism. You shouldn't even ask the question whatsoever. But then it's the interesting, legalism. Yeah, it's legalism to even ask it. Yeah. And then, but then what was interesting, I said, true or false, it should be viewed as bizarre when a married couple sleeps in different rooms. What's the biblical case? 74% said, obviously, yes, true. It should be viewed as bizarre. So what, what you have is like, what's happening there is, and, and people don't think through these things. What, what's happening is if 74% of the people who are responding to this poll are saying, yes, that should be viewed as bizarre, and they don't necessarily have a biblical answer, either it's just like they've been culturally brainwashed, right? Like they've just been culturally brainwashed into some kind of irrational view, or there's something about the nature of marriage in the Bible that would make people naturally think that that's normal. Does that make sense? Yeah. And viewed as normal. And I mean, I think the, the sure. Yeah. Hebrews 13, four, let the marriage bed be held among, uh, held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. Certainly that's a euphemism, but then it also has a literal meaning. (laughs) There is a such a thing as a marriage bed. And what do you do on a marriage bed? (laughs) Well, you can imagine several things you do on them, you know, one of which is sleeping. Uh, but then like the idea is like, there is like, this is kind of a special place for a married couple and only for a married couple. And this is one of those like benefits of marriage, right? (laughs) Is that you don't have to sleep by yourself anymore (laughs) kind of thing, right? Yeah. So this is one of those, um, you can, you can say, Hey, does it, does it, is that a piece of evidence in the puzzle that should encourage Christians to think it's normal for married uh, men and women to sleep in the same bed? I would say, well, yeah, certainly one piece of a puzzle that could, that could be added to a cumulative case that would say that, yeah, that's probably where their intuition is coming from. I mean, there's other verses too, like the idea of, you, you mentioned the idea of separating, but then what's even more primary than that is the definition of marriage that you see in Genesis um, 2.24 or whatever. Like, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother. And what? What What, what, will, he do? what will he do? He'll leave his father and mother and what? Sleep and in separate rooms? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it's, I don't think it says sleep. What does it say? <laughs> what does it say here? <laughs> hold fast, he'll cling, right? He'll, he'll cling to his wife. Yeah, yeah. Cleave to his wife, hold fast to his wife. So the picture of marriage is not meant to be two separate people doing their own separate things, right? Like the picture of marriage is, is more akin to this is a one flesh relationship. You hold fast to your wife, you two become one. And so, I mean, like which, is like two, you know, people who are ticked off at each other because of snoring and sleeping on different sides of the house. Is that really the biblical picture of, of marriage? <laughs> you know, is that like holding fast to your wife to becoming one kind of language? Or is that, I mean, is it, does that fit the picture, right? So, I mean, you think about yeah. it along those lines. I mean, and, and you also think about, um, you know, recently I had a hospital visit and I'm having to sleep in the hospital. and that was bizarre for me and it was bizarre for my wife. And I mean, just being like married, like a married person. I mean, I don't know if you've had scenarios where you, you had to sleep in different places or whatever. And it's just kind of like, it's unsettling. It's bizarre. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like I have, it's, diffi- lo- it's lonely. Yeah. I mean, I have difficulty going to sleep because it's like, hope you're okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, I mean, they're, um, 
there's been situations like that where, you know, I'm out late and then my wife is texting me saying, Hey, I can't, I'm having difficulty falling asleep because I don't know where you are because my mind is wondering, are you all right? And you know, everything else. And so you even think about like a man's basic role as being a protector of his wife or something along those lines. And all those, all those instincts are being triggered in those moments where you're sleeping in different places. Right. Right. We're saying I'm, I have a responsibility to protect this woman and I don't know if she's all right. And I would hate there to be some kind of situation where I'm dead asleep or whatever. And some robbers come in the house and take her off and I didn't even know about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that, so I be, mean, that would be, you know, pretty bad. <laughs> it'd be pretty bad. So, so, I mean, the, the, the point here is just to say, I mean, there's a variety of, like, if you think about the nature of marriage and the roles that are related to marriage and the pictures of marriage and the pictures of what married life is like, I mean, there's a lot of things that should go into a biblically minded person's mind to say, Hey, this was a little bit odd, you know, like two people living in different places when you're at the most vulnerable time that you're ever going to be. Right. Right. I mean, this is like an act of trust first and foremost in God, but like you're in the most exposed vulnerable time that you can imagine. Uh, and we're just going to be doing our own thing. And I think like the fact that people are even asking this kind of question, like in general, it, it says a lot about the nature of how marriages go. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's like a sad reality that, like for many people, like for many young people, you, you, I mean, you can imagine what, what you can remember what it was like being single. You, you can barely keep yourself, you know, <laughs> at the appropriate distance away kind of thing. Right. Right. Uh, that kind of thing. But then um, you, shortly after marriage, you know, the joke is, well, you, you know, you have honeymoon phase, maybe it'll last for two years or whatever. And then by that time you'll, you know, hate each other and, basically have to figure it out. You know, all the romance is gone at that point. The chemical stuff is gone and now you're stuck with them and you see who they really are and you see how much you've been bamboozled and blindsided and whatever else. But I mean, for most people, like that's kind of the joke. Like you're, you got this uh, bunch of hormones pushing it for the first few years or so. And then you kind of figure out what you have and it's all over and you better have picked good at that point. But then the sad thing is, I, I think for most, like, I don't know. I think for most relationships, it kind of gets to this point where the couple is gradually going apart. And then by the time they're empty nesters, they're basically kind of doing their own thing, living their own separate lives and just somehow occupying the same space or whatever. And I mean, certainly, um, certainly there's some sort of maturity that comes with marriage and marriage over a long period of time that says, Hey, we don't have to do everything together. You know, you don't have to say, Hey, I'm going to leave the room now. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh -huh. <laughs> like you, you might, uh, <laughs> certain kinds of people might think during the early times of the year uh, of their marriage, like that they have to, like they feel odd, like uh, not being always together in every moment. But certainly there's some kind of line there between just, Hey, we have to do everything together and always be together. And like we're, we're really functionally living separate lives and sleeping in our own, you know rooms and we you know have that little concern or care about each other at that at, at that point that is kind of a depressing thought for sure you know and and something else that i was thinking through while you were talking is you know so think so think about it think about having a conversation with someone who says hey it's legalism actually to 
say that a husband and wife have to sleep in the same bed together, right? You're having a conversation with that kind of person. One thing that I would want to ask them is, okay, well, what is the motivation for not sleeping in the same bed? Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's going to be, it's going to be things like, you know, like you bring up the snoring thing, for example. Well, I, I can't stand the snoring. You know, I just can't take it. Okay. Well, that sounds like, that sounds like you're just, you're focusing on yourself. You're saying I. So, so yeah. you're the guy there and you know, you're not allowed to like most of the snoring is a guy's problem. So when you say, Hey, you know, ladies just get over your snoring. You're just revealing yourself to be a hateful, uh, misogynistic, a misogynist bigot, you know, that kind of thing. So, well, just, I mean, you know, naturally, naturally you, you pulled off the hood <laughs> transformed into full emperor palpatine at this point emperor palpatine but um, but i mean ser- seriously though you know and and it's not just that it's it's a lot of the you know hey you know i don't like sharing a bed you know or like hey you're too hot or you're too cold or you move around too much yeah you move around too much i don't i don't like i don't like cuddling you know what whatever it is it's just like all of these things are, you know, okay, you want to talk about there's no Bible verses that apply to any of this. Well, you know, okay, like, even if we, even if we grant, like, you know, I don't think we, I don't think we should actually do this, but let's say hypothetically there weren't any specific Bible verses about the marriage bed, for example. Well, even then it's like, okay, but we still have to talk through, like, what are the motivations yeah. uh, that you have pushing you towards sleeping in different beds or even in different rooms or different homes, even, you know, what, what, what is motivating you to want to do that to begin with? There's no way that's biblical. There's no way it's Christ-like. All right. So I want to say two things at the same time. So like one thing I want to say is that, and people got really bent out of shape about this. So like this husband snoring thing is part of this is related to, (laughs) Just there's been an increase um, concern about issues related to sleep apnea and sure. how it how it's related to weight, you know, and everything else. And so you basically have um, you have a you have a lot of people who are basically turning sleep apnea into this. Um, there's almost like a moral. Like what's interesting about the whole thing is, on the one hand, they can't see like a moral mandate to sleep together. It, they think that that's just totally inappropriate, right? and bizarre and legalism and everything else. But then they're able to draw certain principles from the Bible that says that if a man is snoring because he's overweight, right. And, and then he has some moral mandate to try to resolve that in order to help his wife, uh, one to help his wife, you know, have some sort of better sleep, (laughs) more productive Uh sleep or something, but then for two, so that he won't, you know, unnecessarily cut his life short because he could possibly die. So now that we have the, the issue is like, now that we have the technology to fix it, right. Then in the minds of many people or to put someone on a CPAP machine or whatever else and resolve it or lose weight and diet and exercise. And now we kind of have better understanding. There comes like an increased moral responsibility to deal with this health problem. Right. So we're living like in that kind of world where these health problems are viewed as moral mandates, like you have to do something about them. And I, and I, and I think that, um, you know, obviously like if, if, uh, if a husband is overweight and that's causing him to snore and that's 
that is a temptation for his wife. I would be the first to say that, hey, maybe you need to take that more seriously and do like make changes in your life in order to produce a situation that brings about less resentment and bitterness and more closeness and everything else. So I yeah, would, don't I would put, be, don't put a stumbling block in front of someone. Sure. Right? I, so, I mean, I'm totally willing to say that like, Hey, if this is a big source of struggle, you know, for, for her, you, you can, you can go on a diet too. Can't you, you know, so, and see if that'll help it at least, you know, and then it'd be helpful in a lot of different ways. So I'm the first person to say that. At the same time, like on the other end of things, um, <laughs> an irritable person, like a person who is irritable, will find no shortage of things to be irritated about, too. Oh, okay? yeah. Yeah. So, like, the, the issue is that, like, what do you think you would do? Like, I mean, literally, like, what do you think you would do if all you had was one room? You know, like, what would you do then? What would you do if you're, you know, we didn't have the wealth and the prosperity and everything else that we have. And like, what do you think people did for the vast majority of human history? Um, like, do you think that really like you're, you know, sleeping out in a cave or whatever, and you're, you would just go and, you know, go sleep by yourself <laughs> to get away from your husband because he's snoring. Who's your only source of protection in the midst of a dangerous situation. You know, that isn't really the way it works. And so, like the issue is like with um, certain, inf- like when we have more options, like oftentimes these more options, they feed certain kinds of selfishness in us and more, you know, more self-centeredness in us. I mean, certainly, I mean, when you first get married, it is an adjustment to sleep with another human being who moves and who makes sounds and, and everything else. I mean, certainly there's some sort of adjustment, Then, but then I think the vast majority of people, at least who are responding to our poll, think that those adjustments are the kind of things that are worth making, right? <laughs> because you have some sort of motivation. You have a new person that you're trying to merge your life with. And so, I mean, you can be the kind of person who's just magnifying those things because you're an annoyed person in general and you're you know, wound pretty tight and get yourself all worked up. I mean, just to give you an example of how this works, um, when I was younger, I used to have v- very difficult times sleeping and a lot of it was related to just anxiety in my life in general, right? So I would have difficult times sleeping. And, you know, it'd be one of those things where I'm laying in bed. I can't go to sleep. I know I have to go to school the next day and I know what time it is. And then I'm watching the clock kick down and it's like, all right, if I go to sleep right now, I'm going to get eight hours of sleep. And then it's like 30 minutes later. All right. I guess I can only get seven and a half hours of sleep. And then 30 minutes later, it's like, I guess the most I'm going to get is seven hours of sleep. Right. And then, you know, 30 more, it's like six and a half or her at the six and a half point, you know? And it's one of those things where if you let it like eat away at your brain, you make it bigger and bigger and bigger. And it becomes this big ordeal, right? Where it's like, I'm not going to be able to sleep again. It's going to be, you know, I'm going to be tired all day long and be exhausted all day long. It's just going to happen again. And then you get it all worked up. But then, if you think like that, you can make everything just this big dramatic mess. And, and really all that's happening is you're just like filled with anxiety and worry and irritability. And you're just let small things bother you. And, you know, the Bible says that love is not irritable or rude. So, I mean, you can work these things up in your mind so that they're just these big, like, how dare you ruin my sleep moments. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. By moving slightly when, I mean, the Bible says like, 
the sleep of a righteous man is sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So God gives like his beloved people sleep. And part of that is because like, you know, the Bible says the um, tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. And that's a lot of what's happening with these kind of, with this kind of topic too, is that a tranquil heart will give life to the flesh. If your heart is at peace, it's not filled with anxiety. It's not filled with frustration. It's not filled with irritation. All that stuff is gone. If that stuff is gone, you sleep better. And I mean, I can tell you that from personal experience. That's that's absolutely true. If you have a heart that's not filled with all this irritation and annoyance and, you know, bitterness and envy, like, like looking at other people, I wish I could get the kind of sleep that they're getting and everything else. You can get a lot better sleep, you know? <laughs> If you're not making all these comparisons. And so, I mean, this is a topic that I, I think it cuts both ways. And, but I mean, certainly, you know, I think it's just obvious that it should be a goal that a husband and wife try to be together. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a it bold, just, it's kind a of a sad, statement de- yeah, it's a sad, depressing, you know, scenario where you have like Christians who are sitting there arguing for their right to sleep in the other opposite sides of a house. It's like, oh, I guess you guys gave up a long time ago, you know, in certain ways. Um, but, you know, um, it is what it is, but yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's a good place for us to wrap up the conversation on, Tim. So thanks for answering all my questions there and, and walking us through that and, you know, may, and opening up my eyes too to a question that I thought, you know, I was thinking like, hey, this is like, I mean, this is just a given. Everybody knows this. And then you ask the poll and everybody doesn't know this apparently. <laughs> so, you know, th- this stuff is, is worth talking about. And, and, to, and I, you know, I'll say this too. You, you mentioned this towards the beginning, just kind of in passing while we were setting everything up, but there are a lot of people who they'll, they'll see, it's not just like with, with this question in particular, but they'll, they'll see a question that we ask and their response will typically be something along the lines of like a, why are you asking this right now? Like, no, like no one thinks this blah, blah, blah. And it's all, it seems like it's always on the polls where the, the options are like 50 fit, you know, the choices are fit a 50, 50 split in terms of voting, or they're even like a, you know, weighed and uh, heavily in terms of the wrong answer. Right. And, and so I, I think a lot of people, they just assume, they assume a lot of these questions we're asking are, are like given, What's funny, then, what's funny about that is um, it's like the, we're all, I'm often trying to ask questions and when we get questions from people that things that no one are talking about. Right. So yeah. we're discussing things that we're not, I mean, most of the stuff we're discussing is not like the news cycle stuff that everyone else is just slavishly following after. But then, you know, these are questions that people send me and ask me about. These are common things that people think about. And then when you see the, the results of it, it's like, there's no, agreement i mean on a lot of these right. things like it's not massive agreement so like these are areas that we probably should think about right yeah they're, they're probably weak areas for most people and, and i think that i think that does prove to be true more often than not in these polls they are weak areas so so these are things to consider you know and i would say just don't jump to conclusions and assume that everyone knows the right thing because if there's one thing that i've learned there's a lot of people out there who, who really just don't have any any sense of right and wrong. Even people who claim to be Christians, you know, I'm, I'm oftentimes tempted a lot to think that people know their Bible a lot better than they actually do. And you, you, 
you know, you show them verses and they're like, I've never seen that before in my entire life, <laughs> you know? And, and, and so with these questions, I think, I think a lot of times people assume, assume these are like a, it's like a waste of time to talk about this. But then the reality is this is probably one of those conversations that more uh, husbands and wives that or it's an issue that they have to face and deal with um, more than, more than their most people are probably willing to admit unfortunately so but with all that being said uh we thank you guys for supporting us week in and week out uh we thank you for interacting with us on social media uh on facebook on youtube uh on twitter or x whatever it's called now i i don't know i i still don't know what to call it um but we we appreciate all of the interaction we get there uh if you want to support us you can do that through a few ways you can do that by liking uh, the video on YouTube by leaving a comment and subscribing on YouTube on Rumble and uh, also subscribing. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, subscribing to wherever you listen to your podcast and giving us a five star rating. There's just some things that really go a long way to help us and they're free for you other than the few seconds it takes to actually do those things. And if you want to support us financially, you can do that through our Patreon. There's a link down in the description that you can follow to support us financially. And, and we certainly appreciate uh, all that help. And until the next episode, we'll see you. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move. Thank you.